Good afternoon. I'm just going to stick to saying good afternoon now. Welcome to episode four of the Keep It Real podcast, where we conclude our interview with Cade. And this episode, we're mostly talking about transplant. So at the end of episode three, we left Cade. He was just about going on to hemodialysis. Um, His kidney function was quite poor at this stage. Um, And we left him as I say, on hemodialysis. And in this episode, we're going to talk about transplants, how transplants work, and specifically what Cade's journey into the world of transplantation was like. I'd like to add that all information included in the following recording is my own opinion when I'm speaking, and that of Dr. Caroline Platt, who is my co-host for this series of episodes. Um, our, Our opinions are our own and do not represent the opinions of the organisations that we work for. Um, uh, so with no further ado, let's join him now. Enjoy the interview. So am I right in thinking you had a transplant? Yes. Um, Can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. Um, it was uh, 2016, again, so the same year as I yeah. just started. So you've been on hemodialysis, yeah. And... Been on hemo for a, for, a few, for a few months. I got to the point where I was like, right, okay, I probably need to start looking into a transplant. Uh, I need to go on the list, mm-hmm. um, and luckily I had. You kind of, I kind of have brownie points. So everyone, when it comes to transplants, not even, not just kidneys, but everyone has brownie points. Um, they're not called brownie points, but <laughs> by saying that, because it, yeah, it's yeah, a lot yeah, better. Yeah. Isn't Collect it? points. Exactly. Points mean prizes. Well, like I had packs of Weetabix get exactly. tokens and send away for a yeah. new kidney. Collect tickets from the sun, and you get a free trip. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like that. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, when you're a, a child, you have a higher priority for a kidney when you go for a kidney transplant. You're on the list, there's a paediatric list and there's the adult list. Yeah. Um, and if you're on the paediatric list, you're more prioritised of adults, which is kind of known. Kids are going to be more prioritised over the adults. And since I was still 17 at the time, technically I was paediatric. Yeah. So I was classified as that, and that's why I had more points there. Um. And I was uh, the fact that I was on dialysis, with more points, um, and uh, I think that was like, other stuff. But I had I had quite a lot of points towards it, so I was very highly prioritised. Right. Which I was so thankful for, um, highly prioritised for on on the list. Um, but I was kind of it was odd because I was paediatric, but because I was almost an adult, I was on the adult list. But with the pediatric points, priority, yeah, and, and priority. And I guess just to interrupt really briefly, just to say that the list is is what you're referring to. There is the deceased donor list. So this is transplants from someone who has passed away and yes. has decided to be an organ donor. Or, well, or now um, when you go for a transplant, you you you're on the list. You decide what you'd rather have. Yeah. Whether you'd rather have a deceased donor or a live donor. Yeah. Some people will, you know, very kindly offer the, the kidneys. Um, and if you're the ma- donation, mm. or exactly, they do that group. Yes, yeah, so sometimes if you're not a match to another person, then you could be a ma- you might be matched to another person, but then one of them might be, be a match to another person. Yeah, and then them another person. And it goes on. It's a bit like a yeah. chain of um, of buying houses. Yeah, uh, it is and like, stuff, yeah. isn't it? So you've got the bottom chain, mm. and they buy one house, and then that house buys another house, mm. and that house buys another house, and so on. I think that's and a really good analogy. The, we call that the paired pooled scheme, um, just so just for for what it's worth. 
And so it's it's live donation, often from a family member or someone closely related, because then the immunology is a bit easier to work out. Or if if no one's in a position to donate, then the pair pair pooled scheme is another option, which is what you were describing essentially uh, for for live donation. Yeah, Um, that's yeah yeah that's that's live donation. If you're looking at deceased donation, where the the person has very recently died and is an organ donor. Mm. Um, as long as the family are okay with it, because even though you're an organ donor, your family are actually the ones that will kind of authorise yeah. it. Yeah. Um, if you're a match to them, then you can have that as well. Now, I wanted to have the deceased donor, and I had, there's a reason why, is because um, if I was going to have a live donor, it would have been from one of my family members right it would have been my dad and now i had a feeling that my transplant wasn't going to work it's very dark again it's very yeah. dark to think about but well, given the journey you've been on i'm not surprised yeah, yeah, yeah. you felt like that I, I i i was just like i i i didn't then want to have the transplant yeah. from one of my parents and then the kidney not work yeah, that's yeah. Quite and then they've pressure, lost their kidney yeah 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 um yeah. so my dad worked himself up for it just in case yeah um but i did tell him i don't i don't i don't, I don't want to do this i would rather go for the deceased donor as, as horrible as that is i'd rather have that yeah. yeah so i was on the list for a deceased donor um and i um was eventually put on the list finally um i was told on dialysis told on dialysis um on the twilight session that was on the list and i was like hey that's great fantastic now, usually for a paediatric, you know, you're looking at how how long for a transplant? Well, it can be. I mean, it can you you can go straight onto the list and have an offer the very next day. Yeah. But, you know, on average, it, you, you it, it's pretty difficult to say really. But um, you the statistics probably suggest that you'll you'll have an offer within a year of being on the list or that, that makes sense yeah. and then with adults it's usually a bit longer like, yeah you know, two to and it depends a little years. bit on you know your your immunological yeah. status your and what what tissue type you are and, and exactly what antigens you carry on yeah your, it, it's uh, not is not as simple as saying right i'll have your kidney yeah or yeah or okay I'll give you my kidney. It's and not again, as simple as that. that's sort of a naive assumption that yeah. the less informed of us, and I count mm. myself amongst people, might mm. just think, well, well, you get your dad, or you get yeah. your brother. But, yeah. but like, I'm not thinking about so the emotional baggage that comes mm. along with that. Exactly. It's huge, actually, and what you've described is really interesting. Yeah. Because of your worry that the disease might come back, which we know it can um, mm. in a high proportion of And then the sort of yeah. guilt of, condition. well, I've knackered my dad's kidney yeah. now as well. Yeah, exactly. And that's horrible. And I, I would not want that. And, and as much as my dad's going... No, it'll be fine, don't worry. If it happens, it happens, okay? It's fine. Yeah. I just like... I, I, I can totally get that from your dad's point of view. Like, yeah. if, my, if my little I, boy... I would be like that. I'd, I know. You know, I'd chop my arm yeah. off for it, you know. If I was a dad, I'd be the same. Yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd be exactly the same as that. Because your dad must have just been so... And your mum yeah, and everyone is just so desperate to help. And, they, yeah. you know, they must have been felt yeah. so powerless throughout yeah. this process. Yeah, 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 they did. Yeah, and not even just for the transplant stuff, just the whole just process everything. in general. Yeah, yeah. everything. So Something you can't really control, no, isn't it? And exactly. as a parent, that is just terrifying mm. to yeah. not be able to control things for your kids. Or well, I certainly find that a bit of a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, well, I, I can imagine. Yeah. So, so how long were you on the list for? Um, I um, I woke up the next day, and my mum comes in. So you'd done the twilight dialysis, yeah, and I'd come home, to, yeah, and sleep. 
woken up. Mum comes into my bedroom, says, you've got a kidney. What? And I'm, and I'm like... Within how long was that? Sorry, you said a week. 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Bingo. That's unbelievable. 12 hours. I mean, it does happen. Yeah, like you, you said. Know, like you said, you know, yeah. the more points you have, the higher up the, the list you are to start are. off with. It's crazy, though, because you, really you must amazing. have barely had any time to get your head around the fact that you're now on the waiting list. Yeah. Transplant is something that's well, going to happen. I was just happen. thinking, right, okay. I just, it'll, be, it'll be a while now. Yeah. I just gotta... Try and forget about it. Yeah. But then, you know, you may have a, a common t- a, a tissue type that al- allows you to be easily matched to someone's kidney. You know, it's, yes, it's exactly. very much based around yeah. that as well. You know, it's not... how easy it is to find a kidney for someone. Yeah. And it's not just your blood type. Um, you've got to have your tissue type as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think my blood type is A plus. A, a, Positive, Positive, yeah. Which right. is, I say, it's common. It's less common. Your, your most common is your your O blood types, but it's not. You know, yeah. It's it's so it's one it's of the less common, common, but not really uncommon. Yeah. So I'm type A as yeah. well, but yeah. I'm so the positive and negative is an antigen called rhesus. If you're positive, you can re- so you could receive blood. If we we're only looking at A yeah. blood type, you could receive from me because we're both A, A and yeah. I'm negative, so that won't matter. But I couldn't receive you could, from yeah. you. No, no. Well, you could, but you'd have to have something beforehand. Would I? Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, it's your rhesus. It's my lack of yeah. medical knowledge. No, 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 but yeah. <laughs> um, but the rhesus antigens, and, you know. So I, I'm just—I I mean, I don't. It's mad because I'm struggling to get my head around the fact that it was 12 hours. I, it's mm. mad. I mean, that me too. Is incredible. You know, I would have had like if it was me and something like that happens. I have like weird dreams where like my brain's trying. I probably would have had a dream about transplant or you know, because my brain is like trying to piece this puzzle together. And then you just about rouse from it's, yeah. this sort of disturbed sleep because yeah. you've just had dialysis and you just go and your mum's like, "Put your and put your kex on. We're going to the yeah. hospital. You've got you've got a transplant." And I think that's why at the point at which you're put on the list, everything has to be ready. You have to be at that point completely ready to receive a kidney. You can't be unwell with a illness, or you, know, you no. have to. You I've know, known people that have done situation. that. But then exactly. this is where your analogy about the house chain, I think, is particularly relevant yeah. because. People are well experienced in terms of house moves that someone else in the chain pulls out because the survey's yeah. not gone well and the exactly. whole thing collapses. But then you're playing that game, but for an organ, for the, you know, for something yeah. as extreme as having a transplant. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, did it go to plan? Did you? Um, well, I was um, told that I needed to be up in um, Bristol, Southmead for 12 o'clock-ish, midday. Right. So we went up for that time, and then I spent a few hours getting prepared for it because you have to be prepared, but if the kidney's not great, they've got to see the kidney first. Yeah. If the kidney's not great, you might be just about to go down for surgery. Yeah. And they, and they look at the kidney and go, it's not good, sorry, yeah. we can't do the, can't do the transplant, and that's it. Yeah. You, so it's a off. whole lot of preparing yourself mentally. Yeah. And yes, very, very, you know, sometimes the unexpected things come up. So you might think, well, I've got the kidney, that's it, I'm going to have a transplant yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, Not like that at it's, all. Yeah. You, you've got to be prepared for it. Mm. And yeah. You've got to be prepared that yeah, you may Either way, is huge. You've got yeah. to sort of keep both those things in your mind. Exactly. He's like, oh, I could either have a transplant or not. But yeah. it, even though, even though they said they've got a kidney, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to have a transplant. A lot to deal with in your So head. you get to the hospital for 12... Yeah, for 12 midday-ish. Um, and then we go up and then we introduce everyone with, and into our own room and then we'll kind of talk through everything and, and how it's going to work and then sign loads of forms um, medication and all that kind of stuff ready for it yeah uh, yeah um, and that that took about 11 hours it yeah. was quite a long time but 
and again, uh, just uh, are you apprehensive, is... excited, nervous? I, I think I was kind of expecting the kidney to not be good. Right. I was expecting it to not be. Uh, again, you want to expect the, the disappointment. No, I think you sound than... really you good do, at that. Yeah. You're really good at stoic and sort of preparing yourself for the worst at each point, which I think. But given definitely... the way you, you've been able to talk about this quite harrowing story, mm. really, yeah, yeah, I think you've done remarkably well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Because I'd be, I'd be in bits. I'd be terrible. I mean, pretty amazing I, story. I, yeah, no, been you should all the things. Full that... credit to you. You should take. You should be really proud. I think I am. Um, I, I'm, I'm proud, but not for the reason that I'm. You know, you say I'm doing well. This it, it just I'm proud to try and make a difference for everyone else. Yeah. Well, hopefully that's well, what we're yeah. doing. So, you basically have your transplant that evening, then, do you? Yes, yes. So this is now twenty four hours after your hemo. Just, I just really want to underline how 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 quickly that's (laughs) gone. You're you're in Dorchester on hemodialysis, and you get put on the transplant list. Twenty four hours later, you're being anaesthetized to go and have. Yeah, I um had the transplant at uh, well, I started at midnight. Right. Um. So, um, yeah, we were waiting for a little bit to know what was going on and then heard of it and then went down. Yeah. Went down. Um, yeah. And then everything went from there on onwards. Um, and I woke up about seven o'clock-ish, at half seven in the yeah. morning. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, it just went on from there. Went back up to the ward at about eight o'clock once they knew I was stable. Yeah. Apparently, I was um, I was really tired, so I don't think I really was paying much much attention to anything what was going yeah. on. Um, I was <laughs> I was hooked up to loads of machines. Yeah, I, bet. I had about five lines coming out of me. Wow! I had, I had one one coming out which my neckline for home dial for, for dialysis mm. hemo. I had another one on the other side of my neck with a load of other points um, c- coming out for other stuff. But that wasn't being used at the time, I don't think. Um, I had a drainage line for all the waste and right, stuff. Yeah. Not the waste, but like the all, all the fluid around the the, the the new area that's just been yeah. cut and yeah. played with. Yeah. Um, and then I had um, two cannulas, uh, one on each arm. Um, and then I had a, uh, uh, what's it Cath- called? Catheter. Right. Um, for draining all the newly produced urine. Yeah. Mm. So that was quite a and lot And I guess of that's stuff. what we're monitoring fairly yeah. closely at this point, isn't yeah, it? Because we yeah. want to see if the graft is working. Yeah. Something I might add that I didn't learn until quite recently is they they often leave your kidneys intact mm. and plumb a third one in, mm. sort of down in your pelvis. They do, mm. yeah. Um, I know sometimes we might receive a sample of the patient's kidneys that have remained just so we can have a better look and maybe understand a little mm. bit but I think yeah generally they're left yeah they, they, well, I mean they're usually left behind yeah well it's funny it's too. funny you guys should mention that because I was actually planned on having um, a dual nephrectomy yeah right which is when take them both out take them both out both my native kidneys out right and sometimes you know in, in, for people with your condition that is because it's sometimes difficult to control the protein leak and we can't arrange transplants for someone whose blood 
levels of protein are very low because it puts them at a real increased risk of blood clots. Yeah. Um, so yeah. if you put a new kidney into a system where there was a real risk of blood clots, yeah. you might lose that new kidney very quickly because of a blood clot within the kidney itself, the new kidney itself. So in people who we can't control the albumin leak or the protein loss from the native kidneys, sometimes we do need to take them out. And that's what they were going to try and do at Dorchester. Yeah. Um, but I think at, at, at every um, consultant, except for my consultant, was in on having them removed. Mm. Um, however, I got to the point where I was very underweight. Mm. I was very, very thin, exhausted, I, I'd, anemic. Just drained. Yeah. I was mm. very, very drained. Um, uh, this was, I'm not sure whether this was before or after my transplant, but... Um, Either, either one. Um, I just I didn't I didn't think I could do the, mm. the operation. I opened yeah. it it's a huge operation to have. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why they didn't like removing them because it's a big operation and yeah. it's risky. Yeah. Um. So I told them that I can't have this. I can't oh. have this. Um, and my consultant listened to me. My one listened to me and persuaded the others to not do it. And luckily that didn't happen. Mm. But that was going to happen at one point. Um. But yeah, like you said, they leave. They usually mm. leave yours in um, because they don't work. But they're not gonna yeah. suddenly shrivel up and kind of decay in the body. It just doesn't happen. Mm. They just they just stay there and then you put a new one into your pelvis area because there's a lot of room mm. and it's close to um, both your um, your arteries and your vein, your main artery and vein, um, and your um, bladder. Yeah, yeah. So nice and convenient from that point of view. Though. Very, very convenient yeah. place to have them. Um, so that's where that's where you put them. You can put it on the left side or the right side, depending on the kidney that they uh, are, they get. Yeah. If they get a right kidney, then they'll put them in the right place. If they get the left kidney, they'll put them in the left place. So, did it work? Yes, it did. Yeah, it started off working very well. Uh, I wasn't really aware because um, like the bag was down here yeah um by the bed i i didn't so i didn't see it i was just kind of like that yeah yeah um, and it's down there and i'm like oh i'm in pain ow, ow. <laughs> um yeah. and uh but i did see pictures of it and it was like a very nice rose color <laughs> whether they just put some rose wine in there <laughs> to mess with me i have yeah. no idea <laughs> um but uh, yeah it was apparently it was it was like that and it was filling up nicely for yeah. the first hour yeah then it slowed down right and stopped right wow and okay. no more urine was produced okay um and that's when but that's when I started filling up with fluid right because I'm I've been giving I'm being given fluid mm. yeah I've been told to drink fluid to yeah. fully wash the kidney yeah and get it to filter properly mm. um but I'm not producing any urine. Yeah, that's so, just being retained. So yeah. I'm just retaining it. Yeah. So all the fluid that you say not to drink when mm. you're on a fluid restriction, I was drinking, mm. uh, even though I wasn't on the fluid restriction, and I was told to drink all this, and I was just filling up with fluid like a towel. I was, yeah. My legs, I, even though I was laying flat, yeah. legs were filling up, and it was the, it was the heaviest I've ever been. Yeah. So you may, you may have seen me when I was at my I worst remember, in, in pediatric. You should have seen me at my transplant. I was everywhere in places that you don't want to have swelling. Um, uh, stomach, face, 
arms. Oh my, my arms were swollen. Wow. And uh, the thing is, you know, during kidney transplant, yeah. we give an awful lot of fluid in at the time of the operation to make sure that your blood pressure's it's right and that you've got system, enough yeah. to to flush through. And oh, I should have mentioned this earlier, but this kidney was a perfect match. You couldn't get a better match than this mm. kidney. Right. So all the they call so them haplotypes, knew, yeah, yeah, yeah. So everything yeah. they have a certain way of identifying. Yeah, um, how is that yeah. Eight, it is eight haplotypes or something. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, it's 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 a group of antigens that you have that belong to something called the major histocompatibility complex. It's the way your body recognizes what's foreign and what's self. Um, and it's it's those that those that that group of um, antigens um, that that need to match to a certain degree to allow you to tolerate a, a kidney and so not we reject trick the immune system into thinking yeah. this is yeah. native. Yeah. There are particularly six points at which you need to match them. Yeah, antigens are just like the cells holding up different flags yeah. and saying I'm this guy. Saying, I'm this guy. I can't. I know that you're different. I'm going to produce therefore a response to the different. Um, and uh, there are certain more immunogenic uh, points than others so certain antigens will flag to the immune system more so than yeah. others yeah um, and you want your immune system to be sort of xenophobic pretty, in that way pretty <laughs> that's like... hot exactly yeah. but and yeah. that, that's, what, that's what I got that. yeah so I got a very very good match it was, it was amazing how good it was yeah. um, but it just stopped working after a few hours that's quite quick, yeah. It really? Li- li- literally is. Um, and the doctors just keep telling me to drink and keep right. it yeah. diffused yeah. and everything. So I'm. But then you're, that's just being just puffing you up yeah. more and yeah. more. Yeah, puffing me up more and more. And, uh, Did that panic you? Yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, no one's listening to me. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm saying, uh, look at me. Yeah. I'm not producing yeah. any urine. Um, and I, I'm, I'm drinking and I'm filling up. Yeah. And uh, just, yeah. So that, that, was, that was the case, really. Um, it, yeah, it was. And what was it about? I mean, what was happening? To what was happening at that stage? Presumably, the kidney was obviously shutting down. Yes. And when did it become apparent what that was about? Um, I'm not sure exactly when, but I, uh, I, I was in a lot of pain because I just had this massive scar. I've got yeah. these points on my body that are being used, yeah. um, and I'm filling up, yeah. and it's stretching everything, stretching the scar, and it, it's oh, hurting gosh, so much. Sore. Really, really sore. I can't even imagine. And and that's where I've um, I've got like all my uh, main stretch marks from. Um, it's crazy. It's, it is it is really crazy. But they. Um, I kept doing all these blood tests and everything to see what they could do. And I eventually had a biopsy of the n- new, kidney. new kidney. Right. Um, and that was awful because oh. I had to I had to then lie flat afterwards. Mm. Bear in mind I was like I was like curled up a little bit on the bed so I wouldn't stretch my my um yeah. scar as much. Um when I had to lay flat, then everything's being stretched, and I've got to do that for like two hours, and then I can raise up a little bit more, and another two hours a little bit more, mm. and another two hours a little bit more. Um, but 
that wasn't fun at all. That was a very, very painful experience having that done. But So the biopsy itself was painful or the what you had to do afterwards? Because generally we really, really hope that biopsies aren't painful. Because the, we use this biopsy was but... actually quite painful. Yeah. I think it was just because... And you were awake at the time, presumably. Yes. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Which for children, we try and put children to sleep. sleep but unfortunately, yes. when you go to the adults... Yeah. All my biopsies I've had have, have been awake, awake okay. strangely enough, mm. uh, under local anaesthetics. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I was awake at this point, and they um, did a biopsy, and then they went and did that, and came back with it, and said that my condition had come back into the kidney. Oh. And right. They also said it's the quickest they've ever seen it. Gosh. Yeah, well, yeah, and I think that's a. It's really important for me to hear that from you, um, purely because this is something I talk about a lot when I'm presenting my work because I work on a circulating mm. factor disease, and the sort of key piece of evidence for that is what they call post-transplant recurrence. And that's because the cause of your disease is from outside of the kidney. Like, yeah. it's weird to think, but your kidneys would actually be fine were it not for mm. this factor that is potentially B-cell or T-cell mediated, and we don't really know. The the transplant, once it had failed, uh, felt like what I would thought was going to happen did happen. Mm. So your sort of worst nightmare has come true. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, Because I said I didn't want to take my dad's kidney because I thought it would fail. Yeah. Same here. Um, And I just was in a... It wasn't a very nice experience just because of how much fluid I had and how I I needed to get rid of it. And I I then was on plasma exchange. Yeah. Um, so that's where we're trying to get rid yeah. of whatever we think this factor yeah. is. That wasn't very nice. We didn't talk about nice. that before, did we? But it is a, a way yeah. we have of, of um, modulating the immune response, really, by removing all of those yeah. antibodies and factors in the circulation that might be impacting on your on your kidney yeah. in the first instance. Exactly. So sometimes we use that before transplant. And that's very much like dialysis. You, you're plugged into yeah. the machine and then it takes out your blood and then it just, it, instead of removing the bad stuff from your your blood it just removes the plasma yeah. and puts in a artificial plasma yeah yeah, yeah. replaces it with either albumin or, or or plasma yeah so one of the bits of research we're doing is that if we can figure out more and more clues as to what this factor is so it's a, it's a massive needle in a haystack problem that you know we're looking for a, mole- a molecule mm. small molecule within some plasma um but if we can figure out more and more characteristics of it we can set this filter up better so rather than just doing plasmapheresis and getting rid of all the protein and you're putting this artificial plasma back in, we can say, okay, let's just take this family of proteins out or that family of proteins. So we're sort of leaving you with the bits you need yeah. and hopefully taking out less. Mm. Um, so where are you at? Na- like, how did it go from you being no. told that the transplant has failed to now? What was that journey like? So for, from then on, I was in hospital for 16 days. Uh, in total, um, it was kind of under control. Kidney still wasn't working. Mm-hmm. It, it, it wasn't going to work anymore. It was kind of apparent. Although my kidney function had gone up, so I didn't need dialysis. Mm. Right. So you got sent yeah. home because your kidney function was adequate. Yeah, I didn't really need anything else. Dorchester were going to ha- handle it from there on. Um, and um, then on, I just kind of... I, I didn't wasn't able to finish my first year at sixth form right. for obvious reasons, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, which is a shame. Um, means I was set back a year, right? Um, but I was then at the start of the next year. Then did maths, 
um, at just one A-level maths at nearby college. Fair play to you. Yeah. Maths A-level is hard. <laughs> oh, it's not fun. It's not fun at all, especially when you've got this going on. Talk about, well, I was going to say, talk about making your life harder. It's like, well, I'm going to oh, do A-level, A-level maths. A-level. Yeah, A-level maths is Lux- insane. Yeah. I know. Well, luckily it was just one compared to four. Well, start don't off. do yeah. yourself down. Like, yeah, that's so. amazing with everything that you were going through. I can't imagine. So where? Yeah, but I was, I was, I was continued on um, plasma exchange mm-hmm. for a few more months mm. just to sit, just to try and make sure everything was working, mm. and it kind of did settle. But then it started to go down again. My kidney function started to deteriorate again, and that wasn't fun. So then I was put back on dialysis eventually. Which made me feel so much better. Fluid gone. Finally get to yeah. heal properly. Yeah. Um, and then that was just carried on. And I think that just went on for... I still have plasma exchange for a little while. That went on for almost a year. Um, and then um, I got to a point where I wasn't really putting on any more weight. Mm. Right. I was very thin. I was still very kind of unwell, and the uh, medication that I was on wasn't making uh, the immunosuppressants. Mm. So I was still, oh, you had to be on immunosuppressants for quite a long time. Yeah. After following a transplant mm. yeah. to stop your immune system from attacking the kidney. Yeah. Mm. A bit like what my kidney, what my body did, um, and um, I just I was not feeling great at all. So I had this conversation with the doctor, and they said, "Okay, right, we'll we'll, we'll think of something," and then they decided to take out the transplant kidney right yeah and they did that because i guess then you can come up all the immunosuppressants and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. i um had had that taken out um and that's then, a low point right because it's, yeah it's yeah. just like i've had this yeah. uh, this thing that was supposed to change my life yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and it's gone yeah but yeah. It, luckily it went to research i think i hope i'm Yes, I'm pretty sure it it would have done. Yeah, because yeah. I mean that's a very interesting specimen, and again, yeah. I'm using language that's quite yeah. a human and distant from the the human interaction of it. But yeah. So thank you very much for taking the time to listen to our final episode covering our interview with Cade. Um, so across these four episodes, you can see that Cade's undergone a lot of different treatments. Um, he's been on various steroids to try and get his nephrotic syndrome under control. Um, when these didn't seem to work, he then went on to dialysis. He was quite lucky in one sense that he was able to get transplanted quite quickly after going onto the list. I think we've shown the devastating effect of having a graft fail, especially as quickly as Cade's graft failed itself. So Cade, as he stands, last time I spoke to him, doing great, doing absolutely great. Sounds like his career in engineering is really taking off with all that talk of him getting a distinction in his course. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if any of you luck sort of empathise with me where it's a time in your life where perhaps you don't put your education as the top priority, whereas perhaps you should. Uh, I know uh, I certainly got distracted a little bit in those teenage years. Um, but Cade, despite all the possible excuses he could have had um, and all the stress he must have had going on in his life around that time, he's a great example for just not letting it get to him and really soldiering on. So I'd like to just take a little bit of time to really thank Cade for his participation, for being a willing guinea pig for our first um, sort of mini-series in the Keep It Real podcast. 
I think he's a great example of being able to talk through a whole patient's journey and demonstrating to perhaps families of kidney patients, kidney patients who are closer to the beginning of their journey, uh, and researchers and scientists, just what a patient's journey looks like from start to finish. Um, I'd particularly like to play, pay tribute to Cade's sort of stoicism and um, you know optimism in the face of what must have been quite challenging news quite a lot of the time. Um, I think he's a great young fella uh, and I'm sure he'll go on to do great things um, working in his uh, composite engineering apprenticeship. So thank you very much, Cade, and thank you guys for listening. So we're really at a stage now where we're looking to do our next series of interviews, so it's a great time to get in touch if you have any suggestions, please do, using our Twitter handle at KeepItRenal. So many thanks for taking the time to listen to these episodes detailing Kate's patient journey. I hope, like me, you've learned a lot about the sort of challenges and treatments that these patients can face. Um, if you're a clinician and perhaps new in black and white terms by the bullet point what treatments these patients are likely to receive, I hope this podcast has at least humanised that journey for you um, and given you the time to listen to um, a patient's story, uh, time that perhaps you don't manage to get in your busy clinics. Um, as I say, as we mentioned several times in the podcast, please do use Kidney Research UK and their website as your primary source of information. There's a lot of misinformation out there on the internet. Some of it can be quite scary and obviously not all of it is applicable to uh, you if you're a patient or your family member if you're doing the research on behalf of another. Let Kidney Research UK sift out the fact from the fiction um, and use them as your source of information. As we state, uh, any and all information included in this podcast are our own views um, and please do not take what's contained in this as medical advice. If you suspect anything at all is wrong with your kidneys then please see your GP or your consultant pathologist if you're that far down the line. Uh, many thanks for taking the time to listen, and I hope to see you on our next podcast, which will be an interview with Sir Peter Ratcliffe, uh, the Nobel Prize winning scientist and nephrologist. We're going to look forward to hearing from him about his research regarding um, oxygen stress. Take care. Bye.